Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. You can find out more on our website, greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. Brilliant, thank you so much. If we haven't met, my name's Chris. I'm the curate here at Greyfriars. Um, always a pleasure. Um, and it is my pleasure today to bring the final um, sermon in our sermon series um, as we've been going through Hebrews. Um, <clears throat> over the past four weeks, we've been looking at God's story. And we've been doing that through Hebrews 11. Um, and now we've tipped into Hebrews 12. But the main theme throughout this whole uh, sermon series has been the theme of faith. Whether it's been examples of faith uh, or whether it's been encouraging, uh, encouragements to continue on in faith. Faith has been the centre point to all our readings. Faith is the attitude whereby one abandons uh, reliance on their own efforts to obtain salvation. Whether that's through efforts of piety or ethical goodness or anything else. It's the attitude to completely trust in Christ, of reliance on him alone for salvation. Through faith, we empty ourselves of who we are in order that we may be filled up with Christ. Today's reading, however, speaks of a community that is in need of encouragement. This was a community that had been battered and bruised by the people that they used to call their friends and family. It was an emotional and theological battleground that at times became very real with physical afflictions. They were close to breaking point and were in need of reminding to continue on in spite of their afflictions. And for us too, we too need that same encouragement to continue living lives full of faith being filled with faith in a faithless society. We can easily have our lives surrounded by things that would wish to pull us in all different directions and make us question how we are to live, what we are to do with our time, with our money, with our relationships. But just as it was true for the community in the book of Hebrews, so it is true for us that we must run the race of faith with perseverance, not looking to the things of the world to fulfill us, but instead have our eyes fixed on Jesus. But we, before we delve in, let's pray. Lord Jesus, would you give us eyes to see and ears to hear your word today? May we be transformed in our hearts by what you have to say to us. And Lord, may we see your purposes worked out in our lives. Amen. This morning I am keeping things uh, nice and simple and painfully Anglican. I've got three points, so it's nice and simple for everyone to follow. These three points are, God has given us a race to run. Fix your eyes on Jesus and don't grow weary or lose heart. So nice and simple, three points. 
God has given us a race to run. What does that mean? The writer of the Hebrews uses this language to show that there is a point to this faith stuff. We have an aim. We have a finish line. And so there is a point in carrying on this journey that God has started us on. I think all of us would be happy to say that life is a journey. But many of us, we, we desperately try and work out what that means. What is the point of my journey? If that's still a question you're asking today, come along to Alpha on Wednesday, 7 p.m. You'll be more than welcome. But if not, all jokes and plugs aside, the whole world tells you, you need to go find yourself. You need to go journey. You need to go wander around. We have tourism and travel sectors dependent on people believing this about the world, that they ought to go and find themselves, wander around and wait for something in their soul to connect with something that they find along the way. And yet, the world will not find what it is looking for because our purpose is not in something that we discover necessarily, but rather in a person that we have a relationship with. See, Jesus, knowing the pain and suffering he would undergo, willingly and in the name of love, died a horrific death in order that we may have salvation. Through him... And through faith in him. Because of this, we don't have to meander through life uh, thinking our lives are aimless or purposeless. We are able to live that life of faith. Because that is our purpose. That is the race that we ought to run. I like the imagery of running a race. Um, I don't know if many of you know what park run is, um, but I've recently started doing a park run. It's basically where half of Reading decides to descend on uh, Prospect Park, and this, this horde of people uh, run round twice, completing a five-kilometre route as they do it. And one of the, the few ways I'm able to drag myself uh, through this little course on this 5k route is that I pick out a member in the crowd after I've kind of found my pace, after, you know, going thoroughly red in the face, really kind of lungs hanging out my mouth. And I see that person, I go, you, you are going to, I'm going to beat you. You are the person <laughs> that I'm going to beat. And yesterday, because it happens on Saturday, there was a man in a yellow top. And I said, man in yellow top, you are. I'm going to beat you today. Sadly, I did not. He was, he was far quicker than I was. I tell you what, if you ever want humbling, go to Park Run. You'll see people that you would never assume could run quickly run far, far quicker than you could ever do. Um, but the main point that I'm trying to make is that I do this also in my day-to-day life. I will maybe find people that are just a bit ahead of me or people that are around me doing life maybe slightly differently. Uh, maybe they've, um, they've pursued a career or they're, they're doing something interesting and you're seeing success in their life. And so you decide, oh, I'm going to be like them. I'm going to try and run with them. I'm going to try and maybe outrun them. They, by, by, by kind of comparing, you're able to push yourself. You, you find motivation all of a sudden. You create this competition. But 
just as quickly as it is positive, it can turn detrimental and negative in your life. We can turn our attention so much to the people around us, our our colleagues, our school friends, people on social media, uh, the people on LinkedIn getting promotions, the, the cousin that's just bought a really nice, fast, flashy car. Instead of helping us run our race, we look at someone else and start running their race. We start copying. We start to imitate those that we admire or are even jealous of, those that would hold our attention, and our eyes become fixed on them and not the race that we are called to run. God has given us a purpose in life because he has given us the race that we ought to run. So that's the first point. You can take that off in your notes. <laughs> point two, fix your eyes on Jesus. To continue with this, uh, the park run analogy, uh, what is confusing about the, this specific park run um, in Prospect Park is that not everyone in Prospect Park is running for the park run. So you have runners that are running kind of on the route, but not with you, but then like you overlap, but then you don't. So it feels like there's hundreds of people running there, and you're not really sure if they're running with you or or, or against you, or just on their daily walk with their dog. It really is quite confusing. But I could just imagine if for any reason I'd focused my attention on a runner uh, that wasn't actually running the park run. How long would it have taken me to realise that I was no longer running the park run? Again, we think to our lives, we may think that uh, this is the direction that is good to take because we've seen success in other people's lives. But without thinking, we have to ask ourselves, uh, what race are they running? Are they running the race for Jesus or are they running their own race? See, if we have our eyes fixed on anything else, then we're in danger of losing ourselves in something that does not bring life. It may look like God, it may smell like God, it may taste like God, but unless it is God, it will not bring life. And when I say bring life, I mean the life that God has for you, the the holy and righteous, the the set-apart life that can only come through relationship with him. See, having our eyes fixed on Jesus, uh, it calibrates our perception and our vision with God of what the world should look like, of, of what we're meant to do in this world. We're able to draw close to God, even in the least spiritual and most mundane areas of life. We can bring about flourishing to those we encounter through God's love that flows through us. Just as Manny said in the video, God had called him to be a messenger. And I'm sure there's many people here that have felt that same call in their lives to be God's messenger, a minister of God's grace wherever you go. So, I implore you, fix your eyes on Jesus. Nothing else matters, because nothing else brings life. Nothing else brings life in all its fullness. But through him, you are able to do 
immeasurably more than you could possibly fathom. Fix your eyes on Jesus. And then lastly, do not grow weary and do not lose heart. As I know full well, having got very sore legs now, running running a race can be really hard. Whether we are persecuted as the, the, uh, the community in Hebrews are currently or were going through, whether you're being shamed for your faith by the people around you, or whether you simply feel alone or downtrodden in life and faith seems all but hopeless at that point. See, our Christian walk can simultaneously be a challenge as well as a joy The paradox of the Christian life uh, should always be the reality of supernatural joy in the face of earthly discomfort and struggle. We are called to something greater than a life of comfort. For our God is not a God of comfort. He is a God of love. He is a God of blessing. He is a God of generosity. And he is a God of self-giving of self-sacrifice, of overcoming pain and suffering for the sake of you and me. We see uh, this no more clearly than when we see Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, where he prays to his father saying, my father, if it it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as your will. We have a God who understands what it is to sacrifice comfort for the gain of others. Some of us may have been Christians here for all of five minutes. Some of us will have been Christians for 10, 20, 30 plus years. We all have different pasts. Some of us will have already gone through some hardships, some of those trials that we're talking about. And others may have had their lives spared of some of those. But we all face the, the future that is uh, the call to live in this uncomfortableness while simultaneously enjoying the joy and the presence of God in our life. I'd ask you to consider uh, what does it look like uh, in your life to grow weary or lose heart? What does it look like to grow weary or lose heart? The reason I I, I want you to consider this question is that in our day and age, it is uh, less of a conscious decision to lose heart, to grow weary, but more of a, a passive attitude. When we don't remind ourselves of the race before us, we, and that we ought to have Jesus uh, being the person that we're fixed to as we're running this race. We slip into weariness and hopelessness. But by being conscious of what it looks like, by asking that question, what do I look like when I start to slip? We can better see what our hearts may have already decided for us. If we, despite the shame or awkwardness or embarrassment, 
if we're able to name what our lives look like without Christ, then we're able to see clearly where in our lives we need to come back to him in order that we can have our eyes fixed on him and run that same race that he has called us to. Lastly, one huge benefit in being able to name it and claim it is that you don't have to face this race alone. You don't have to face these hardships alone. You don't have to face uh, returning to Christ through some areas of your life that you've neglected and let, let to like allow to slip. You can do that with your church family. You can do that with your brothers and sisters that are sitting at the left and right of you right now. You are literally surrounded by those who have gone before us and those who are beside us. Staying on the, on the running theme, I remember hearing from a friend that was running the London Marathon for the first time that he got to about mile 20 and he just wanted to give up and stop. For anyone that doesn't know a marathon, he's got six miles left to go. He's literally done the majority of it. And yet, at mile 20, he wants to stop. But he says that the only thing that kept him going was the encouragement of the people around him, the stewards, the people cheering from the sidelines, the fellow runners. All of them were the ones that gave him the energy and the motivation to keep going. See, the the finish line was still the same. His eyes were still fixed on the same goal. But he was invigorated and encouraged by the people around him, which enabled him to get to that end stage. So look around. We have hundreds, loads of people here, all running the same race, living a life of faith. We are a family, and a family cheer each other on, even in the toughest times. You must not underestimate the power of hardship shared amongst, the, amongst God's people. So, as I finish, I want to bring back to the four that many of you will have probably committed about four weeks ago to a number of new goals for the year. And I want to suggest to you that maybe it's a moment like this that we're able to review what our goals are. What race are you running? What are your goals reflecting about you? Take this time this Sunday to fix your eyes on Jesus, to put him in the proper place in your life. And secondly, Be real with the people around you. Use the people that sit to your left and to your right. Use your small group. Use your church family to be spurred on in the race that is living a faith-filled life. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that uh, in all things you are faithful. No matter what hardships we face, no matter uh, what, how far away we may feel from you, that you are always there. You are always with us. Lord God, we lift up those areas of our lives where we have let slip 
um, our, our, our discipline. We, we're not conscious of you acting in our lives and instead we have, have fixed our eyes on something else. We take this opportunity to seek your face, to recalibrate our lives. So we ask, Holy Spirit, would you come and mould our hearts and transform our minds? May you speak to us this week. Tell us where we can be your messengers in this world as we run the race that you have called us to. In your name we pray. Amen.